0: Hello again. This is Gary Zacharias. Uh, We're doing the podcast called The Apologist Bookshelf. And what I do is take a book that I've enjoyed and share it with you, at least part of it, and uh, hope that you have a chance to read it on your own someday. And uh, I'll get back to it and do another chapter when we have some time. But uh, today I wanted to share with you a man named Clay Jones. Clay Jones. He's an associate professor of Christian apologetics at Biola, author of Why Does God Allow Evil? He's on the board of Ratio Christi. By the way, that is an excellent organization. It's a university apologetics ministry. Now there are a lot of great apologetics ministries for other situations, but this is the only one that's really got some power and spread all over the globe uh, involving colleges and universities. So really, really good. Uh, Clay Jones, anyway, has this book out called Immortal. Immortal. And on the back, let me just share something with you because this gives you a good idea of where the book's going. For many, death is terrifying. We try to live as long as possible while hoping that science will find a way to allow us to live, if not forever, at least for a very long time. But he says, you know, whether we deny our, our mortality or try to turn death into something benign, he says our attempts fail us. But what if the real solution is not in denying death's reality, but in acknowledging it while enjoying a hope for a wonderful forever? So uh, this book, at first, talks about the, the way people are fearful of death and, and how they try to overcome it without any kind of religious hope. And then the last part of this book talks about all the failures of these various means to try to avoid Christianity and avoid Jesus. And he talks about the uh, evidence for the resurrection of Jesus and how to enjoy true immortality and what it would be like in the future to be resurrected. And uh, so this is a powerful book. It's something that hangs over all of us thinking about death. And even as Christians, I think we um, are pretty hesitant when it comes to talking about death. So I'm going to do one chapter here. It's chapter three, and he calls it symbolic immortality projects. In other words, atheists and secularists of all kinds that don't really think there's going to be any soul that will go on, that once they're dead, they're, they're dead, that's it. They try to obtain immortality some other way, and he calls it symbolic projects. So he says, uh, one person says, humans try to transcend death by participating in something of lasting worth. So here are some of the ways that people have done that. It says, um, how about this? The most common uh, attempt is through having kids or adopting children. And so uh, he quotes from some psychologists who say, why do people have children? One reason is to transcend the great specter of death. So they say, isn't that nice? But he says, all right, suppose your genes do go on for millions of years through procreation. What does that accomplish? It says, uh, you're, you're not there. He says, in fact, after several generations, your gene contribution is pretty, pretty small. And he says, what if your children are fools? That's King Solomon talked about that. He says, your descendants rarely care, do they? It says, I've, uh, this is Clay Jones talking, he said, I've enjoyed asking Classrooms full of students, if they knew the names of their great-great-grandparents, and only one person did. And I said, do you care? And they don't. So I said, so many mothers, he said, this is sad. So many moms base their existence on their children. If their children turn out well, then somehow it makes the mom's life worth it. But those kids no longer need them on it someday and go off on their own. And uh, I've experienced that. And I know it's, it's really, uh, it's tough. Uh, the kids looked up to you and when they were little, you took care of all their needs and then they walk away. Even if you have lots of kids, he says, when you die, you're dead. Um, One author said this, to put it plainly, however many children I have, it'll not prevent me from dying. So there's one thing that people try and it doesn't satisfy as a symbolic immortality. Here's another method, he said, ancestor veneration. He said it's practiced in a lot of places around the world. But he says the dark side of this is that they've motivated some terrible horrors. Um, he said led to the Third Reich because of impure races. And he says, consider how many wars have been at least partly about my country thriving at the expense of your country. My culture, my tribe has to continue for me to have immortality. Well, that doesn't work very well, does it? Here's another thing besides um, those two as far as ways to try to get around the problem of death is creating something lasting. Think about Michelangelo he says or uh, Leonardo da Vinci says if you could just create something that would transcend your death. Maybe paint a masterpiece or cure cancer, build a skyscraper put a person on Mars a successful blog, maybe write a book. Okay if you're rich enough You could always put your name on a building at a university. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, they they actually said even that could be fleeting. They point out that when New York's Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts opened in 1962, it was just called Philharmonic Hall. And then officials got this large gift from somebody named Avery Fisher. And so they changed the name, Avery Fisher Hall. Who's he? He had a speaker manufacturing company, but nobody knows that. So it was called Avery Fisher Hall. But in 2015, they were redoing the hall to improve the acoustics. And guess what? They renamed it David Geffen Hall after a media mogul. So it says the family of Avery Fisher sold them back for $15 million, the naming rights. It says so much for immortality. I guess so. What's, what's another way to maybe have symbolic immortality? He says heroism. You know, do something where you go out in style. Uh, John Brown said, I am worth inconce- inconceivably more to hang than for any other purpose. Isn't that something? thing is, says it's not always easy to find a drowning child to save, so some people do really dangerous things to broadcast their heroism. One study, according to Clay Jones, one study reports that more than 250 people have been killed, not hurt, killed, while taking selfies in dangerous situations. Wow. What's another way that people are struggling to keep their name and to to feel some way that they're immortal? Activism. Maybe you could save the environment. You could protect the downtrodden. You could fight discrimination. He said those are good. Those are really good things. But maybe it'll transcend their death. People hope for that. He said the problem is people aren't just concerned about global warming. So they become militant. If saving the planet becomes your project, then anybody who ignores or rejects your project threatens your immortality. Uh Uh-oh, that's not good. So protecting strangers is always honorable, but protecting them through political activism may be just about loving yourself. Some people say, well, maybe just making a difference in this world. That can counter a person's anxiety about death. What would life be like if there's nobody to remember us? <clears throat> it says, But when we're dead, suddenly or gradually our presence scattered in 10 or 10,000 hearts will fade and disappear. How many candles and how many hearts of such stuff stuff is our hope and despair? Oh, that's trouble. Maybe you should have the right beliefs. Maybe that will be good for your future. Oh, and then there's celebrity. Isn't that a way that people try to live forever? Get your face on a screen. Get a, a CD put out. Uh, you, you get recorded. It says, uh, many people fantasize about becoming a celebrity to give themselves some kind of symbolic immortality. People will talk about them forever. Well, it says, some people aren't even particularly good at being a celebrity, but they get fame anyway. I mean, think about the example here. In 2007, Kim Kardashian came to fame because a tape of her having sex with her boyfriend was leaked to the public. And then she's become a celebrity. Uh, okay. She's just mostly known for being Kim Kardashian. Many people wish they were famous like her. It says this self-centered fame has become the goal for many people. How about fandom? Maybe you could be a fan. That would help you transcend your death. So whatever your person is that you're looking to, you've attached your wagon to them, huh? Hoping that they'll win. It says uh, that doesn't always work either. How about this? Countless people look for some bizarre way to get symbolic immortality. P.T. Barnum said, I don't care what the newspapers say about me as long as they spell my name right. And you get this Guinness Book of World Records, people that do the most bizarre things. He gives an example. There's a guy who ate the most Big Macs in a lifetime. 28,788. Oh, that makes my uh, stomach hurt just thinking about it. Another person has the largest collection of garden gnomes. Somebody else has the most most toothpaste tubes. Wow, the most toilet seats broken by one's head. Really, of course, you could do. You could get negative attention through doing some horrifying things, piercings or tattoos or surgeries. Um, so you go. Well, does that work? Uh, not really. Other people. Well, they say maybe if I find somebody to love we'll become a twosome. Somebody called that a cosmology of two. Will that give you immortality? Well, it'll be symbolic. He said, the problem is we elevate a love partner to the position of God. We want to be rid of our faults. But human partners can't do that for us. They're not God. They're going to fail. Then there's victimhood. He says, you know, if you've got nothing else, you can stand out from the crowd by playing the victim card. But there really have been a lot of people have been victimized. So... It's Kind of hard to stand out there. Then there's always doing evil. There's infamy. Kill the most, uh, slaughter whatever you can. Mao, Chinese uh, leader, he boasted in a speech in 1958 he said, What's so unusual about Emperor Shi Huang of the Xin Dynasty? He had buried alive 460 scholars only, but we've buried alive 46,000 scholars. Wow. It says it really was burying him alive. How about Lindbergh? Charles Lindbergh, he got famous for crossing Atlantic, but then their child was kidnapped and died. How about Mark David Chapman, the man who shot John Lennon? I committed this act for attention to, in a sense, steal John Lennon's fame. He said, that bright light of fame, of infamy, notoriety was there. I couldn't resist it. My self-esteem was shot and i was looking for an easy way out it was a bad way out but it was the way i chose and it was horrible so you could go out in blaze of glory i guess but it doesn't work either so he ends uh, the last part of the chapter talking about seeking this kind of immortality is often evil and it's always futile so you seek to name a uh, you seek to make a name for yourself apart from the creator what is it? That? That's idolatry. So you get workaholics, they ignore their families. Sexaholics hurt their loved ones. So we end up maybe for this immortality, slandering or ridiculing or gossiping other about others, trying to outshine. We're trying to climb up that ladder a little higher than the other person. It's selfishness, selfishness to the extreme. After all, when your symbolic immortality is on the line, you can't do just as well as the next person. You need to best that individual. And uh, if you are going after symb- symbolic immortality, it, endanger- it, it engenders jealousy, physical harm, loss of friendships. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Tabloid journalism succeeds, doesn't it? If you want a lot of people to hate you, succeed, he says. It won't keep people from being jealous when others succeed or gloating when they fail. Symbolic immortality, he says, let's get real. It's futile. When you die, you're still dead. Woody Allen. (laughs) Leave it to Woody Allen. He puts the serious truth in a funny way, according to Clay Jones. This is a quote from Woody Allen. I don't want to achieve immortality through my works. I want to achieve immortality through not dying. Yeah, really good. Okay, well, he's got a lot more uh, information here in the chapter. I'm just going to have to let it go. This book is so good. So much material there. Easy to read. Sean McDowell says it's insightful, well-researched, and convincing. This book is a game-changer, and I would agree. One more time, it's called Immortal. The author is Clay Jones. I recommend this highly. I think I say that a lot, but I mean, I've got some books that I'm really interested in, and I, I hope you consider taking a look at it sometime. Well, again, thank you for paying attention here, and I hope you have a good rest of the day. See you in the next uh, podcast when we take a look at another book.